Hello, and welcome to Believe It, Achieve It. I am your host, Nicole Winley, and I believe everyone should be living the life of their dreams. This show is going to be a weekly dose of magic to help guide you to living your best life. When you feel good, then success in all areas of your life is easy to achieve. I love to empower people to discover their dreams and to ignite their lives. This show will be full of personal development stories and skills to help you take your life to the next level. My guests will be health and wellness experts and amazing spiritual beings, as well as everyday people with stories and lessons to help guide you through the ups and downs and help you get one step closer to living the life of your dreams. I want this podcast to be real and unpolished, full of honesty to show the realness of life. Here's to living your best life with gratitude and love. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Believe It, Achieve It. I am your host, Nicole Winley, and as always, I'm beyond super excited for my guest today. I don't even know where to start on introducing him, but he is a great friend of mine I met about a year ago, and I've just been in awe of him ever since, so I'm honored to have Ryder, the modern-day monk, on my show today. So welcome, Ryder. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me today, Nicole. It's always a pleasure to hang out and be in your association and your company. And I can't wait to uh, get into a lovely discussion like we always do. Ah, I'm so excited. I've been so excited. I say if I'm not excited, then I don't need to be doing this. Yeah, if you're not excited, something's wrong. (laughs) So I didn't want to even try to butcher your last name. So I'll let you have the honors. (laughs) First name's Ryder, last name is Shampulian. My Taoist lineage name is Zhang Mingda. My Buddhist lineage name is Shuryong Hao. You can call me the modern day monk or just Ryder for short. I go with Ryder and the modern day monk. (laughs) (laughs) And I was even telling my friends, I was like, oh my gosh, you guys are recording because they always want to know who are you recording with this week? I'm like, remember that guy, the modern day monk, Ryder? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember you telling me about him. So (laughs) I already have people excited to listen to this episode. Awesome. So So glad to hear that. I'm glad to help your community any way that I can. Oh, so tell us a little bit about the modern day monk. So a little bit about me, a long story and a short paragraph. (laughs) Pretty much I've spent my entire life making mistakes, trying to find out the best way of having a fulfilled, happy lifestyle from materialistic gains to substance abuse to bad behaviors, mischief and mayhem. I've been to both sides of the river, as well as living as a monk in a monastery. Yeah, so it's it's been a crazy experience, but my entire life has been dedicated. Now I found towards one thing. That's helping as many people as possible move, think, and feel better easily for a lifetime. Oh, and that is my, I guess my obsession. We shouldn't be obsessed with anything, right? But my obsession right now, and especially during these uncertain COVID times, whatever we want to even call them, health has been at the forefront. I'm like obsessed with learning as much as I can about being as healthy as I can and, you know, to, to stop reaching for the medicine bottle. Yeah, your health is your greatest asset, right? You have one good opportunity. There's one good life you have. Right, right. So <laughs> we all make this contract when we're before we're born that at some point our time on this planet's going to expire. We don't know how long that duration of that contract is, and and far too often I see it in clinic with my patients and as well as my coaching clients that we get to a point in life where we've gone, we've gone, we've gone, we've worked, we've done all the things we're supposed to do, and now it's time to enjoy life, and we're sick, tired, and broke. 
Right. And, and you did mention your clinic. So I have to say, so you are the founder and practitioner of Point, what is it? Point of Life Acupuncture. Acupuncture, yes. And you own a CrossFit gym? Yes, CrossFit DHP, which is a subcorporation of Body, Mind, and Breath Industries, which we do a lot of community outreach, personal outreach, my coaching programs through that as well. My book release is coming out through that brand as well. Bunch of good stuff coming out of there. I'm so, so excited for that book. You know, I'll be <laughs> I'll be on the the pre-sale for that for sure. <laughs> make sure you get a nice signature on that one for you. Too. <laughs> so, you know, Ryder, I have a million questions I could ask you. I'm sh- I hope to have you as Let's a part two, part three, part four, <laughs> part five. But so I met you at I guess we could say it was like a live mastermind event. Yeah, it was the Alliance. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a great group. And I went kind of unsure what I was getting myself into. I knew the host of it, Jasmine. (laughs) I knew her and I trusted her. And I live in Florida, so I actually had been evacuated from my home for the hurricane. There was a hurricane at the time. And I was in Atlanta. And I called, reached out to Jasmine. I said, are we still doing the event? And she goes, heck yeah, girl, the hurricane's gone. I was like, well, I just got my power back. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. So I left Atlanta with my dog, flew home, dropped him off, literally packed a bag and went to Fort Lauderdale. Or was it? No, I flew to where I don't remember where, somewhere down down I believe it was Fort Lauderdale. I believe so. Yeah. And I did a couple with her in that series. There was New Jersey. I think we went down to Fort Lauderdale was after that one. Yep. Yeah. And um, I didn't know what, you know, I'm like, I trust Jasmine. She's awesome. It'll be great. And, you know, I, we, we were out in the morning. I was out on the, the back patio by the pool area, you know, doing my priming, my meditation. And I look over and I, I don't, I think I barely met you. Like when you came in at night, anyhow, you were out there doing <laughs> your breathing and your... I guess Tai Chi, Qigong. I see, I'm I'm there. And I was like, oh, like, I can't interrupt. Here I am priming, but I couldn't help. But (laughs) what a pain. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was like, I want to do what he's doing. And then you spoke with us that day at the event. And I was just like, oh, tell me more, tell me more. So maybe like tell us a little bit about what you told us that day, you know, about... Yeah, so that seminar Jasmine had me come in, if I recall correctly, I was speaking about different methods of healing your own body, right? And altering your own metabolism, right? Being able to be in control of the automatic pilot, right? We're all on autopilot. We don't really know how to make bones and make new organs and blood and things like that. Our body does that without our conscious intention, but there are ways that we can gain a conscious control of these things. And in Chinese, they're called qigong, which simply means metabolic work or practice, right? So like you're literally practicing to work on your metabolism. And it could be simple things like breathing deeply and slowly. It could be more complicated things like complex exercises like tai chi or yoga. And for some people, it's as simple as reading a book or stretching out. In my clinic, I use the term self-regulatory exercises, which is a big fancy way of saying you're regulating yourself through practice, right? So imagine somebody that was very stressed, you know, stressful work environment, high pressure business, you know, their method of coming of dealing with their stress or managing their metabolism might be something like, hey, before you leave work, change your clothes, shift gears a little bit, go to the beach, 
throw some rocks as far as you can. Imagine your boss is way out there. Let it out, right? Take some deep breaths in. Look at the horizon. Take a couple sounds, a couple sighs, and go, and then come home and relax, right? And these are self-regulatory exercises because they're things that you can do, you can reproduce, and get the same typical result each time that you did it. So with her and her event, we talked a lot about, and we did a lot of practice with using sounds yeah. and the sounds that we make to change how our metabolism works. And these are all things that we all know. Like we as children learn how to make these sounds. And very often in our natural state, we make these sounds. You come home tired from a long day of work. You take your shoes off. You sit down on the couch and the sound you make is, ah, yeah. right? Releasing, downbearing, dispersing. Right? That's the same sound that we use in Tai Chi and in Qigong to take things that are stuck in our head and go, ah, let it go down, out, and away. Right? It's also the same sound that the diaphragm naturally makes. When a person's under tension, we say their liver energy is constrained. The liver's right near the hypochondrium where the diaphragm area is. Those muscles tighten up. You're unable to get a deep breath in. He breathes short and shallow into your upper lung lobes. Your body starts to become more acidic with that. You're not able to alkalize your body through deep breaths. So your body naturally goes, hey, we need to release this tension. <sighs> so we've learned through thousands of years before I was here, monks all over the planet have learned that different sounds create different movements of energy in our body. Right? If you heard the sound, that naturally makes things go up, right? Like that would be the cartoon sound of something going up, right? So right, yeah. if you're low in energy and you're low with fatigue, right? You're filled with fatigue and you're tired and you're sluggish, making that sound with a couple of different breathing patterns and techniques will bring that metabolism down from the lower burner of the body up into the head and bring more blood and oxygen and energy and electric contents up to your brain and give you more energetic, youthful kind of moments. So these are techniques and tricks that they used to use in the temples that were kept secret. I think we already know how to do, but they just put them in an organized format and said, hey, this one does this, this one does that, rather than figuring them out on your own or doing what most of us do is let the program run by its own and not necessarily doing the best things for us, but just doing what comes naturally. Right, instead of reaching for that caffeine. Oh, I'm tired. I need yeah. caffeine where you can just breathe and make noises. I mean, it's bananas. Yeah. It's wild. I love it. I love it. I love it. And that was just taking me back to, I wanted to, if I could have recorded you that day, I would have. And I did practice a lot of it, but I definitely want to dive more into that in the future. Absolutely. I'd love to. It'd be wonderful. I want, uh, yeah, I love the thought of I have a headache or I have tension or I can't sleep or you know, I have an upset stomach and being able to relieve those things yeah. without reaching. There are medicine. times and places yes. where medical intervention is necessary, right? I was just speaking to a client earlier today who's like, I don't want to be on this medication anymore. Does it make me feel good? I'm like, I understand that. I respect that. You might need it for a temporary time being that we can build the tools and resources for you to be able to handle these situations naturally. But to take a, a diabetic, a type two, di type one diabetic whose body's not producing the insulin it's supposed to, and say, "Hey, you know what? Like medication's yeah, bad, and I'm not that." <laughs> okay, cool, die. Right? Like that's not a good way of living either. Right? So there are certain times and places where medical intervention is necessary. Right? But there's also a time and place where you have to recognize that most of the medications that we're taking or people are taking are just altering what your body does naturally, and for some reason that system has been blocked. 
Our bodies are designed to heal naturally very rapidly. However, the choices that we make with our lifestyle, be it our diet, our nutrition, our mindset, our work ethics, all these other things that go into this hierarchy of health, the things that we do in our lifestyle interfere with that process of having natural health, right? So everything that a medicine would be releasing in you is already in there. It's just doing the work for you because you pretty much forgot how to do it yourself. Right, right. And now what better time than ever to live your healthiest, right? And well, there's body, a reason yeah. why things happen. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, I've even been like, now I will tell you, pre-COVID, we'll go back to March. I mean, I was still doing my workouts. I bought a bag here. I do martial arts, we've talked mm -hmm. about. And I bought a bag and started doing it here at my home. And I was running a couple days a week and I was just killing it. And I'll tell you now, I'm not going to lie. The heat in Florida has got to me and I haven't been running outside and I haven't been doing as much. So, you know, I had a little chat with myself and a little reset, you know, but it's okay. And it's okay, right? I don't have to beat okay, myself. Right? Like we got to... I always say, gotta let the bra off every once in a while. Oh, I took it off. I took it off. Right force it off. Let things decompress. Let things be as they are. Because very often, more often than not, we are well more into a sympathetic state of responsiveness. Right? Fight, flight, and freeze. Like the world is attacking us constantly, and we're supposed to be in a parasympathetic state more often. Meaning, we're supposed to be resting, digesting, and healing. Ten to twenty percent of our life is supposed to be in this fight or flight state. But we spend more like 90 to 100% of our time in that. So there's no problem every once in a while going, <sighs> just with my nutrition clients, I go, every once in a while, you want to have some chocolate or a piece of cake? It's okay. You can do that. You're allowed to. It's right. good for you even, right? But what we want to make sure is that, that we're not making excuses, right? We have two choices in life, to make excuses or make explanations. So one of the things I work with my coaching clients on, this is a very, very beautiful, simple thing that makes a drastic amount of change Instantly, because versus even though. All right, so write this down. This might be the most important thing I say to people out there. <laughs> Everything you say is important to me. Hold on, writer. Let me get it. <laughs> right, so imagine this, right? I'm a cyclist and I'm in a cycling competition and it starts raining and I lost. I was supposed to win, but I lost. What do I say, right? Oh, I lost because it was raining. Something came up. I stopped my diet because I got stressed. I didn't keep exercising because it got hot, right? Because is always like a, <laughs> especially when it comes to making excuses, right. right? So think about what a winner says, right? I won the race even though it was raining. I kept doing my exercise even though it was hot out. I followed my diet even though things were stressful, I was nice to that person, even though they were being an asshole to me, right? So in that psychology, when that opportunity comes up and there's that fork in the road where two paths diverge, we have the option, we have the choice to say, okay, do I want to make this a because experience or an even though experience? Do I want to step out of my comfort zone, move myself to a new level, reach a new peak potential for myself and exist as a new me in the future? Or do I want to exist on the old me set by my previous limitations and say, I could only do it because X, Y, and Z happens. Or I did it even though X, Y, and Z happens. Dropping that magic. <laughs> it's like I learned 
from one of my first mentors and coaches. I said, can't. Mm. It was like, oh, what'd you say? So I guess the, to me, I was taking the P because as a can't. And there's lots of words I can use this. I had a whole segment on these when people use, but right. And, oh, you know, little Johnny, you got an A in math and an A in science, but you got a C in English. Guess what? All those good things you said before were negated by your butt. Nobody knows how to use their butts correctly. But no. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, however you can say that, you got to say, hey, you got an A in math, you got an A in science, and you got a C in English. I understand we need to put a little more effort into that area. By including it with the end, it makes that area where you need to be more attentive to also included in the area where you had benefit before. You were rewarded and continued that reward through the correction. So for those of you with children out there, don't say you were good today, but, or those of you with husbands and wives, girlfriends oh. or boyfriends <laughs> out there, no, you were really nice, but they weren't nice no more. That niceness, just that ship sailed, that's gone. All you're going to be thinking about is what did I do that screwed up? Right, right. right. I mean, it's it's true. Yeah. I mean, it's so simple. It's sim those simple little things, just those words, those simple little words to take yeah. out. So move, we're on change. topic. Let's, let's go off for a couple more because they're coming through me right now. <laughs> Only and just. These are words that we often use to try to minimize situations, especially when we're feeling a bit of conflict or resignation or, oh, I don't really want to go into this situation. Oh, I'm just calling today because we need to talk right? Or it only happened because I wasn't paying attention, right? Like these are usually situations where we're actually minimizing and reducing our position of authority, right? A lot of times we do this as caretakers or as loved ones. And we say like, oh, well, honey, like I only want to talk about one thing. It's, you know, it's nothing big. Well, really it is a big thing. You try to soften it. It takes away from that importance, which then the person doesn't recognize it as being important and goes, okay, well, whatever. It's only something small. It's just a little thing, right? So by diminutizing these things and using only and just, we lessen things, right? Another one, like you said, with can't, right? I tell people all the time, add the magic word at the end. Oh, what's the Yet. magic word? Oh, Yet. I can't do that. Yet. Yet. Ah, I, always say, I always say erase the T. Oh, Oh, erase that T, erase that T. Even in my mind, I'm erasing it with a big eraser. Uh, if it comes out, at least throw the yet on the end. I don't know how to do that yet. Yet. Ah, that's magic, right? It's magic. You know, I was the person that would say, oh, I can't run. Do you have legs? Right. I mean, there's yeah. people with no legs that I run. Hear, and so I hear it all the time. And no I, listen. <laughs> I mean, and I did the couch to 5K. I was the girl that started... Yeah. In my 40s, running. And yeah. yeah, that I can't. No, I had blisters. I had dust and that. And it hurt. And I you did, even though you had right. blisters and no experience, right? So like a lot of what we experience in life is really just our language because language is our way of, of explaining and understanding things and putting it into a context where it can be shared. Right. And our mind believes what we feed it. You know, it's the way we talk 100%. to ourselves. 100%. Yeah. And on, maybe on chapter two of this, we'll go into how our mind actually creates these resonant fields and the quantum field and all ah! these science talks. But that might be over episode number one. So. Talk to me, Ryder. Talk to me. <laughs> that'll, that'll be a little uh, spoiler for part two. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So when you and I were talking the other day, we were doing like a pre-talk to, mm -hmm. to what we were going to talk about. You dropped this little bombshell on me or this little 
this little word. <laughs> yeah. And I'm telling you, I wrote it down. I've been thinking about it. But tell our listeners, since we're just having an awesome conversation about your little my your imaginary little, friend. Yes. You know what girlfriend? I was gonna say, your special girlfriend. She's been on my mind. <laughs> She's on a lot of people's minds. She's everybody's best friend nowadays. And her name's Sarah. So if you, people out there, if you haven't met Sarah yet, I'd love to introduce you to my friend Sarah. She spells her name S. A-R-A. And Sarah is super important because anytime, any decision that's important, be it a stressful situation where things are just running amok and the fires are burning up to the ceiling and chaos is going on, or a important emotional decision or a business decision, anytime where we need to really have clarity of our minds and have a clear communication from our heart to our head, because the, the furthest distance any person can walk is from their mind to their heart, right? It's the longest journey a person can take. And, and this makes this journey just a little bit shorter and gets you there pretty much in a couple moments. So the first part of Sarah's name, S, stands for stop, right? Stop and breathe, right? We're going to take a moment to interrupt the pattern of what's going on because normally stimulus comes in and our body goes into automatic response. How do I save my ass, mm-hmm. right? So we need to stop. While we're taking that stop, I also like to give the mind and the heart and the brain and the body and all our good parts a little bit of oxygen because we work better when we have oxygen in our system. Ooh, getting crazy, right? (laughs) Don't think so? Hold your breath and come back to me in 10 minutes. (laughs) Tell me how well you're thinking when you're holding your breath. It's not going to work too well, right? So so we want to stop and we want to breathe. Basic breathing pattern I typically give people is a very, very simple format of box breathing where you take six seconds of inhale six seconds of holding, six seconds of exhale, six seconds of holding. It doesn't have to be six seconds. It could be any four. Yeah, four square. Yeah, just because it's easy to remember. Whatever yeah. breath pattern works there. But that pattern of that box of even numbers all the way around has some wonderful science behind how it changes our brain's physiology, puts you back into a parasympathetic state, reduces our stress cycles, a whole bunch of great things. All you need to know is it's magic. It'll make you feel wonderful and breathe in a square. It's right? Magic. So stop and breathe in a square. Woo! I like I like doing six rotations. Some study out of Japan proved that six deep breaths is actually the average for most people on the planet to start to regulate their neuroendocrine system, meaning that their nerves and their hormones start to become balanced a little bit healthier and better. So well, Ryder, six, I've been doing four square for years, but you know I'm changing it to six after our yeah, conversation. Ryder <laughs> said six, I'm doing six. <laughs> Nothing I ever say is right. It's just a suggestion for you to try. (laughs) Everybody's got their own different way. And that's why I really like my book that's coming out. It's a pathway through the hierarchy of things in your life that will make your life better. But you get to choose your adventure on how you want to fulfill each one of those steps, which is really a nice part. It's not like, hey, do it my way. My way is the right way. Here's the framework that you need to fill in. Color within the lines and choose your own colors. If you want your elephant to be pink or purple, cool. You want it to be green? That's awesome, too. As long as you're staying in the lines, you'll have a nice elephant. I'm right? going to so, give the six a try, anyhow. Give it a whirl, right? <laughs> so Sarah, right? Sarah is stop, stop and six breaths in a square, right? Lots of S's there. <laughs> Next is assess the situation. Give yourself a moment to honestly say, what is going on? And then when you answer that, erase that answer and ask yourself again, what is really going on? Because at first, your first answer to be like, oh my God, it's crazy. He's a jerk. She's an idiot. He said that. This happened. That person's a jerk. Blah. And 
all the moths are going to come flying. The bats are going to come out of the belfry, right? Chaos <laughs> will ensue. So you stop and say, okay, not worse than it is, not better than it is. How are things actually at this moment? It's an honest assessment. It's a purity test. What am I really dealing with? Mm-hmm. Right? If anybody's ever had a small oil fire on their stove before, right? Or you flambe and a little flame comes out of the pot. You're like, ah, you don't run out of the house and like call the fire department, right? You, you put a cloth over it or you put a pot lid on top of it. You know, you light a March match and you're like, ah, <laughs> you assess to see how things really are in that moment. And once you have a nice assessment, you're going to rate it as compared to the things that I've experienced and I know to be true. How do I rate it from 10 to negative 10? Right. And pick which one's the worst, right? It's a bad situation. Oh my God. It's a negative nine. This is ridiculous. Maybe 10 is like, this is a glorious, phenomenal, best experience I've ever heard or dreamt of in my life. But you rate it. So you know what you're dealing with. Cause a lot of times you're like, Oh my God, like, ah, my finger's killing me. This is the worst. It's like, Oh no, actually you stop, I just, you assess, you're right. And you look and you go, Oh no, it's, I just banged my finger. It's not that bad. But in the moment, we blow things out of proportion because that's our brain's magical way of being a wonderful sweetheart to us. It's our brain's magical way of trying to keep us alive, which I'm thankful for. I've done a lot of things to try to challenge that brain. <laughs> and it keeps you alive. Right? I wake so, up every day with a smile. Thank you. I'm, that's it, right? I'm, I'm alive today. It's a wonderful thing. Right? So we stop. We assess this situation for what it is, not better or worse than it is, but how it actually truly is. We rate it to gain perspective. And on the things that I understand, is this actually the worst thing that's ever happened to me? Or is it just kind of a minor inconvenience that I'm blowing up and exaggerating because my brain likes to keep me safe and likes to reward me for finding danger. So it tries to make things seem even more dangerous than they actually really are. And then how do I want to act? What is the choice that's going to get me the result that I want in this situation? simple it's simple then ah, my life's over well maybe it's not simpler than that maybe ah, my life's over and running into the wall <laughs> is simpler but it's not effective and simple and effective are two different things yeah it's not you know shit's gonna happen to us but it's how we react right life's gonna happen it's not nope. always better roses you know nope. but it's how we react and and i I definitely work on my emotional fitness every single day. And this is something I will incorporate in for sure. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So stop. Stop. Breathe. Yes. Assess. Rate. And act. (laughs) Got it. Awesome job. Beautiful. Beautiful. Just so the, another one while we're on the letters? We can yes. Do. But just the uh, whole act of breathing can change so oh, much. That in itself is the pattern interrupt that changes everything. It gives you the clarity to go, oh, wow. Because you'll rate it at that point and be like, oh, it wasn't as bad as it was 30 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> right? It was crazy when I wasn't breathing, when I went, oh, everything cl- slows down, quiets down. The colors become normal again. Right. Every once in a while, somebody comes up and they're like, well, how do I know how to act? Right. Like I have now clarity of the situation. I know what's going on. And I go, okay, cool. You want to be able to know how to make a clear, concise action plan. It's four D's. Right. So you have define it. And it's kind of similar to assess. Like, what does this mean right now? Right. Like if I want to make sure I'm getting good sleep, then what, what you have to define, what is sleep for? 
what is the purpose of sleep? I have to have defined terms on what sleep is, what it does, why we're doing it. What's the benefit that I'm trying to get from it, right? Then once I have defined it, I declare what option I want to do to fulfill it, right? So, oh, these are what it's supposed to be doing. What am I going to declare are the tasks that I'm doing that will get me to that result? So you know what the result is first. You go, okay, if I want to get to the moon, the first step is I got to get out a pen and paper and I got to write down how to get to moon, <laughs> the second thing is find some scientists. Third is get people back from moon. Right? It's like we overcomplicate things and we just need to almost dumb it down. Absolutely. Keep it simple, stupid, right? <laughs> so we define and then we declare the actions that will take us to that defined output that we want or the defined outcome, right? Then we delineate. What's the order we put those steps in? Right, because you put the ingredients in the oven before you actually take them out of the bags, you make a mess. All right, and then the last step is just do it. And more <laughs> than that, that's where people forget. They come up with this great plan. They say, like, oh, 80% of success is all psychology. It's all great in your head. That's great, but only 20% of people are actually successful because they actually do what the psychology they're talking about is. Yeah. Right, how many people you know that are overweight, or have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, or out of shape, or don't have enough money, or are in unhappy relationships, they know exactly what to do to fix these problems, but they just don't do it. <laughs> and you don't get results from the work you don't do. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, <laughs> you know, when you think about it, and you say it, and us having this conversation about it right now, it's like, it's so simple. It's so simple. You know? Yep. You know, you you remember when I first met you, I was so afraid to go on live video. <laughs> and you guys were like, you just, you walked up and y'all like, just do it. Just push the button and do it. Now I go live every day. <laughs> yeah, we had like a 45 minute long intervention with you on how to... <laughs> And record it. You sat there going, no, 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 no. It was awful. I mean, it was crazy. You turned it on and afterwards you were like, oh, I did it. And it was that bad. And I could do it again. And you did it again. And now look at the goddess you've become. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> oh, stop. Stop. Please. No, no. Stop. Please. <laughs> Oh, what, what'd you say? No. Oh, so, you know, what would writer's tips be? I have Nicole's top three strategies for living their best life. So what are writers? I don't want to give a number, but what would your top tips be for someone listening who is ready to start living a healthy life? Not other than just do it, <laughs> we just talked about. That. I was like, yeah, the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a good one. All that stuff, forget about that. That's nonsense. You know, this is such a, a unique and individual thing, right? Because every person is. But so many own. people don't know what to do. Yeah. They don't know where to start. Right? They don't. So, like, that, that's where I'm leading into, right? It's a unique thing. And for me to be like, what's the three best things that have worked for me? may not work for your audience and your friends and family, right? So I think the first thing people need, and this is one of the things I describe to people as being a superpower, right? If I could mm. give anybody a superpower to change their life, 
it would be accountability. Being able to honestly look at themselves and assess themselves without judgment, right? But with love and conviction and dedication and decisiveness that, hey, this is who I am. This is where I am. These are the things I've done. Doesn't mean it's going to be my future. Taking the emotion off the table. I don't have to hate myself or love myself. Again, assessing fairly and evenly things as they are and holding themselves accountable, right? Hey, I said I'm going to do this. Let me follow through with it. Or, hey, I don't like that I've been acting in this way or I've been taking these actions. Because anytime we have a negative emotion inside of us that feels like guilt or shame or remorse, right, or regret, things like that, it simply means that aspects of our own identity are conflicting. That either my beliefs, my values, or my actions one of them at least is pointing a different way than the other two. Oh, I believe I should do this. I value these kind of actions, but I'm going to do this over here. All right. And then all of a sudden we're pulled in two different directions. We're not getting that cohesiveness and that solidity that we enjoy, that certainty of our own identity. All right. So the first thing would be self-accountability, which has a lot to do with having a high emotional quotient, all right? Being able to say, Hey, Somebody may have said something bad to me that doesn't make me bad. I may have said something bad to somebody else that doesn't make me or them bad, right? And giving yourself that honest moment to say, I probably can and should take control of my actions and hold myself to maybe a slightly better standard. So that would be the first thing. After that, (laughs) I would say the next most beneficial thing anybody can do And I used to believe it would be eat right and exercise until I found out that I can make one thing change in your life and it's not your diet, but make you diabetic within a week. And that's regulating your sleep cycles, right? So in studying regulating your sleep cycles, I found out when I sat down, I did my four Ds myself, that sleeping has its own purpose and its own agenda. And what the outcome of sleeping is, is actually not to lay in bed slightly immobile and comfortable for eight hours. It's actually to change your brainwave patterns to different states than they are consciously when we're problem solving so that our body is able to heal and regulate itself better. Basically get yourself into what I said earlier, that parasympathetic state of rest, digest, and heal. Like I said earlier, We spend 80 to 90% of our time fearing that we are being hunted or trying to hunt in a state of reaction and taking the time to be able to down-regulate that, up-regulate our parasympathetic rest, digest, and heal is the greatest single thing somebody can do for their health. It changes your brain chemistry. It changes your neurochemistry throughout your body, changes your endocrinology, changes your lymph, changes your breathing, changes your oxygenation, gives you more energy, more vibrancy, everything else. You try to eat well first and exercise well first, but you're constantly in a straight of I need to survive in that sympathetic fight or flight state. You're always only going to hit peak and then bounce back out because you need to rebound. You don't have a solid foundation. So I think first would be accountability. Second would be regulating your nervous system. Wow. Third after that, 
And this actually comes later in my hierarchy, but if we're looking for like the three things somebody could do, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. <laughs> right? We always try to celebrate the giant moments that we had in life, the big blissful things. I graduated from this college or this course. I bought my house. I got married. I got divorced. Whatever the big item of the moment is. However, those moments only come after long periods of time, they're typically not that frequent, mm-hmm. typically, typically take a lot of stress to get through. And there's millions of moments throughout the day that come that are blissful and are, 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 are miracles, for lack of a better term, right? One of the limericks I kind of give my, my clients to work with on this factor is, if you take a crap and you wipe your ass and don't get shit on your hand, celebrate. <laughs> you can see what you're doing. And if you can see you, your own ass while you're cleaning it, you probably made a bigger mess in the process. Right. <laughs> and right? it's but true, yes. All these moments and joy comes very slimly to people that only celebrate the big moments. Right? If you're looking for the bricks, but you forget the sand that makes up those bricks, you're missing all the magic points in between. And it's like momentum. Joy is momentum, right? Even if you're in a most depressed state, and I can tell you because I've been in such a depression where I've had a shotgun loaded in my mouth. We've talked about this before. I know the taste of a gun barrel. I know what it feels to pull that trigger. And I know what it feels like to get almost there and wonder how much further it's going to go. I've been in some very dark places and I built myself back to a state of happiness and joy only through doing one principle of 1% daily trying to figure out how I can make myself a little bit happier than I was before. And the key to it is really as simple as it sounds, find things that make you find opportunities that could make you happy at any time. Sometimes it's not even find the thing that makes you happy. Sometimes, you know, like when I go to the bathroom and I'm pooping, I may not be like, yay, there's no poop on my hand right now. I don't actually get up and dance around happy. Right. But I take the opportunity to look at that moment and say, Hey, there is a position where I can have a perspective change in this moment, right? And things could be worse than they are right now, which allows me to appreciate how good they are at that moment. And having that moment of appreciation allows me to go, hey, this is a good time and allow me to celebrate. So sometimes it's not looking for every moment to be magical and happy, but understanding that every moment could be worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if it could be worse and it's not, like that's a good fucking thing and you should be happy and celebrate it. Hey, my shirt today says dance it out. I'm looking at it now. (laughs) And it's so true. I was walking my dog this morning and one of the dog walkers here said, oh, what does your shirt say? And you know what? We put on our shirts. We don't even, I don't even know. And you look down and I go, oh my gosh, dance it out. And he was like, that is a good one. And I always am always telling people, celebrate, celebrate the little things. So dance it out, man. If you need a pattern shift, turn on. We all have a favorite song. Turn it on, dance, dance yep. in your chair, dance, whatever. Just dance. It's that, it's that easy. Yeah. And that's moving. That's changing your physiology and moving your body, right? And that's why my company's name is Body, Mind, and Breath, right? We have to have regulation over our body, what we do with our physiology, our muscles, our movements, our postures, our tension, right? We need to think about our minds, right? What are the things we're thinking? What's the language we're using? What's the questions that we repeat regularly? How are we breathing? What's the sounds we make when we sit down in that chair? Are we like, oh. Every time I sit down, every time somebody talks to you, like, uh, eh, uh, mm, those aren't good sounds. Maybe you should try going, wee, 
a little bit more. I bet you make that sound four or five times a day in a row in a mirror looking at yourself. You're going to laugh because you look ridiculous, but you'll be happier because of it. <laughs> That's so true. What about, woo, I say that all the time. <laughs> and I laugh. I laugh all day, every day. Why the hell not? Uh, so that would be my three things, right? Being accountable for yourself and working on your emotional quotients, regulating your nervous system, being more in that relaxed, digest state. And then number three, celebrate. <gasps> Everyone. I have a calendar all day long. I go to my Google calendar and any great conversation I have, any magic moment I have, anything that just like stands out, I'm like, that's a keeper. That's a good one. I put it in my calendar. So at the end of the day, I have all these little yellow marks, these gold bars where I can go back and see all my wins for the day, for the week, for the month, for the year. I can print them out and be like, what a fucking amazing year I've had. I had 73,000 magic moments. Oh, I love that. Oh, I used to, and I, I, this came to mind recently. My first coach had me to write on my calendar, those old school desk calendars that you actually get a pen out and write on. And she had me to write everything down that I accomplished every day even if it yep. was taking a nap, whatever, write it down at the end of the month. I ripped that sheet off and I was like, "Woo! I got a lot of shit done. This is amazing. And then I yeah. would keep them all and go back and look at them. So it's the same, the same kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's magic. And there's, there's true science behind it. By doing so, you're actually changing the structures and densities of those structures of the nerves inside your brain. You're allowing more cells to be reproduced that will communicate those signals faster and easier. So you're literally changing the size and density of your brain and the chemistry of your body. It's called neuroplasticity, right? It's the ability of the brain to change over time. And these are things that monks have been doing for eons, for ages, for millennia, saying, hey, how do I control the state of how I want to experience life? And we all do it. However, we all do it in autopilot. And we usually do it to try to keep up the Joneses and all the Joneses are broken, miserable. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> and when you start to look at it and go, hey, there are clear recipes that I can follow. There are reproducible activities, self-regulatory actions that I can take that will reproduce the same reaction because everything in the universe is cause and effect. If you take the same similar recipe that I do and you make it on your own, guess what? You're probably going to get a very similar outcome, even if I'm the best chef in the world. You do the same things, the same intensity, the same way, you're going to get a similar, maybe even better result in the first person. You didn't have that learning curve to go through. Okay, Ryder. So simple, simple, simple things that we can do. And these simple things that we can do aren't going to cost us a lot either. The best things in life are free. (laughs) You know what I saw? I saw that. Mind, body, and breath. Yep. Ah what it's all about it is we call it the three treasures mind body and breath it's that easy it's that easy it but really you is just, but you just what you have to do it you have to do it right ah, if I you love believe it, it you ah, can achieve it. achieve it right that is true that is true so thank you so much writer i hope this is part one of many 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 parts to come and if you want tell our listeners how they can find you i will also add it into the show notes so for anyone who's listening yeah 
So right now we're kind of like in mid-COVID shift over, rebranding some things. So best way to probably reach out to me is either on Facebook or Instagram. So it's RJ Shampouillon at both of those. Last name's really hard to spell. We're working with the lawyers and getting modern day monk under control and lockdown for us. It's a little easier to spell. But you can also reach to me at my email address as well too, which is my same name, RJ Shampouillon at gmail.com. Yeah, that's pretty much the easy way. Facebook and Instagram, I'm on pretty regularly. I have some checkpoints throughout the day, and the team gives me feedback of who's coming in through that. And as we get some information to you about our next set of retreats that are coming up, we'll uh, we'll share them to your viewers as well. Yes, because I am dying to go to a retreat and have a retreat. So anybody who's listening, y'all, I'm putting together a retreat with Ryder, and it's pretty much going to hopefully be in Florida. Yeah, wherever you want, we'll find a spot for it. So, yeah, pretty much what we do is a, a three-day life makeover experience, right? I call it a immersive weekend, right? It's a modern-day monk internal alchemy immersive weekend. So it's a mouthful, but what we're really doing is we're doing learning to do internal alchemy, which means changing the chemical processes like a magician of how our body's physical and ethereal structures work. So we go through meditations, breath works chanting, ritualized eating, meal plans, exercise, nutrition, belief strategy, psychology, this whole thing wrapped up in this wonderful, wonderful experience over three days. And we cater it to the people that are there at that moment. It's not one of those, everybody gets the same lessons. It's really designed to work with each of the people that are there at that moment and give them the tools that they need to have a future by design. And that's the book that we work through in the workshop as well. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) So thank you again. And I cannot wait to do part two with you. you. (laughs) Thank you. I really appreciate you looking out for me and uh, help me explain my message to your clients and your friends and followers. And any of you out there that have any questions, please feel to reach out to me directly. Of course, you could reach out to Nicole and forward them to her if you're a little shy. I know I can be a little scary (laughs) sometimes, but I'm really a big teddy bear. Yeah, like I said, my mission is to help 10 billion people move, think, and feel better easily for a lifetime. So if you think you're one of those people, let me help you. I am. I am. I'm in. Thank you so much. It's been absolutely wonderful. And I cannot wait to do this again. Let's talk soon and get the next scheduled one up. All right. Absolutely. And as always, you guys make it an awesome, awesome, awesome day. Be well, live life fully. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of Believe It, Achieve It. I hope you enjoyed the episode and please feel free to share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review. If you have any questions or want to reach out to me, please send me an email at coachnicolewindley at gmail.com. And have an awesome day.